Hey everybody, it's Mitch. Welcome back to Just Friends. I hope you guys are having a fantastic weekend. I know tomorrow's Monday, that's a bummer. But that is okay because we are going to cruise into the beginning of this new week with an awesome conversation with a very good friend. Guys, this is a big one. She's a big catch. She was class president of the 2007 graduating class of Pleasure Ridge Park High School. She's one of the nicest people I've ever met, probably one of the most compassionate people I've ever met. She's exactly the type of person we want teaching our kids. She's my friend and yours, the unforgettable and amazing Miss Michelle Waymeyer, formerly known as Michelle Johnson. So Michelle Waymeyer, I'm, say, I'm saying that right. Yep, that's it. Nice. I was really worried about that. You should be, because most <laughs> people get it way wrong. What do they say? Uh, Weimeyer, Weimeyer. I've even had like Weissmeyer, and there's, I'm like, that's not, not that's not even no, nope, not even close. That's weird. Yeah, it's Jitterman. Uh, oh yeah. Yeah. I think I was going Weimeyer. Yeah. I think uh, I might have been. Mean, I think I might have been throwing like a Weimeyer. Yeah, if you wanted to be legit. Actually, um, I went to Germany this past summer and they told me, like in Germany, I was like, how do you say my name in German, like authentically? And we always thought it'd be like Weimeyer. But apparently the way it's spelled, it's actually Weimeyer. That's Weimeyer. how they say it. But I would like tell students or tell my kids like it's Weimeyer. That it's sounds not. like vampire. I know it's not though. Damn. I was really excited about it and it well. let me down. Because is the W like a V? Is that how they do it? I don't yeah, know. Yeah, but because of the E... Oh. after it like it has to be i don't know yeah there's there's rules that i don't know so i just made an assumption that it was a v sound and it's not how did you end up in germany um i was a chaperone on a school trip my mom is a middle school teacher and mm. she took a group of kids and she had the biggest group she's ever had so she ended up with like 23 with parents and and grandparents who went and then her students and you have to have a chaperone for every eight mm-hmm. or nine or however many it was and so she had a a spot for another adult and that was me that's awesome yeah it was fantastic i've never been to europe i would love to go to europe yeah it was um i mean it was like a three-week-long journey of enlightenment no <laughs> i mean it really is just interesting to see how other people live culturally really um and like you go from country to country and like when we go from here to indiana it's not really that different <laughs> You know what I mean? Yeah. But like you travel the distance from one country to another, which is like going from Kentucky to Indiana and it's a whole different culture, a whole yeah. different language. And you're like, how did this even happen this way that they ended up just totally different culturally? Whereas we're very consistent in regions. You know, obviously we have differences throughout the US, but yeah, it was interesting. That's really cool. Yeah, it was. I just use it as an excuse to get drunk with the locals every night. No. Which, I mean, it is in Small children, right? Yeah. Yeah. No, they were teenagers. They're in oh, their okay. room. They're good. Um, no, it is enlightening in the sense that, like, your mind just broadens to, um, hello, little puppy, um, to different cultures. Like, you just get a different mindset and you have a different appreciation for things because. She doesn't understand that we're podcasting right no, now. No, she wants to be in it too. Winnie, come here, please, baby. <laughs> Sit down, please. Stay. Good girl. Keep going. I'm sorry. Oh, um, just d- seeing different cultures and seeing the way people live. And um, they don't do a lot of like coddling over there and like adjusting their lifestyle to other people. You really have to you adjust yourself to the cultural norms, which I think is really different 
in the U.S. So it was just it's interesting to see how other people live and um, just what they do from a on a day to day basis. And like when we were in Amsterdam, there were bikes everywhere, mm. like everywhere. And here, I mean, in Kentucky, I know there's areas in the U.S. that do heavily bike, but you don't really see thousands of bicycles lined up in a row like you do in Amsterdam. So just seeing things like that was really cool. That is really cool. I would love to go to, to just to Europe. My wife's been to Europe a few times. She's had all that beautiful experience. She's telling me she's going to take me. She's been full of shit so far. Yeah. So you we'll should see. do like a travel company. Um, Cause then you go with a group of other people and they do adult only groups. So like you don't have to go with kids and families if you don't want to, um, but it's super cheap that way because they like provide the tour bus and the flight would be included. And then they have a tour guide who takes you to all the touristy things. So you're not out of pocket on each little individual mm. thing. I'll hook you up. I know some people. That sounds awesome. And then also you're with a group of people so you can make friends. Yeah. And people like having that common experience. And I feel like you feel safer because you're in an environment that you don't necessarily know. Obviously, your wife's been there. So she probably is a little more comfortable in certain areas than you might be. Um, but either way, you're in a new culture culture you're in a new territory so it's still scary um so it's nice to have like a group of 20 people who are journeying with you so i would recommend that that sounds awesome yeah so let's really kind of get dive into this so uh, most of the people listening are going to know who you are i think maybe you don't think so no I i don't know who listens uh lots of high school people mostly okay so i've i've the only real way that i've been able to spread the word is through social media okay so, so friends that you knew growing up in high school mm-hmm. okay and they're gonna know you and they probably like you more than me so this will that'll be nice for the overall like listenership of the podcast i don't know you're pretty likable in high school you think so yeah God, i thought i was so, so i felt like i was awkward most of the time so well you were know. definitely awkward but you were yeah. likable <laughs> cool well i'll take that yeah but i don't i mean i feel like people liked me in high school but I don't know. Maybe I don't want to know if they did or not. I liked you. So I think most people did. Well, if you did, then game over. That's all that mattered. So you are another South Ender Mm -hmm. for life, like since since birth? Well, I guess, does it, does New Cut Road area count as the South End? 100% still? Okay, because yeah. that's where I grew up. And then um, my mom and aunt actually worked at Conway okay. when I was a middle schooler. And so because of that, I ended up going to Conway for my middle school experience instead of, I think my homeschool was Lasseter, I'm not sure. Um, and then once you become friends with middle school friends, and they all live in this area, I didn't want to leave them. So then I ended up at PRP, even though I didn't live in this area. So there was a little bit of distance, whereas most people who go to PRP all live in PRP Valley Station area. Um, But yeah, and I still live here now. So I guess I'm a lifer. I'm stuck. I feel like, don't feel stuck. feel like you have the privilege to remain invested in the community in which you were brought up in. Okay. Yes, that what you said. (laughs) Ditto to that. No, I mean, I do like... I, w- I worry sometimes if I were to leave, would I like it? Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because I've never lived anywhere else. And it's sometimes it's nice not running into people you know everywhere you go. Yeah. But I'm also like, if I end up in the East End or in another county or something, am I going to enjoy it as much? Because this is home. Mm-hmm. Even if, whether I like it or not. Yeah. You know, it's home. So you said you went to... Con- where'd you go to school before Conway? Auburndale. Auburndale. Yeah, I don't think anyone... Would I mean I I knew a few people actually at PRP who went to Auburndale. Um, do you know Angie Brown? Yeah, we were in elementary school together, which was super random that she mm. ended up at PRP. Um, and then I feel like there was one more, but I can't remember now. Um, it's been so long ago. Yeah, we're oh old my now. Gosh, we are old. Yeah, it's scary. Um, but yeah, I went to Auburndale, and then I went to Conway, and then I went to PRP. So 
I ended up in the South End. That brings a lot of people into that conversation because I have a lot of friends who went to Conway. Okay. I feel like it was kind of a natural progression for a lot of people in this area to do Greenwood, Conway, PRP. Yeah. And Eisenhower was probably a pretty common one. Where did you go to elementary school? Greenwood? I went to Johnsontown. So my parents lived in Valley Station, Mm -hmm. like Valley Station subdivision over there. So I went to Johnsontown off Johnsontown Road. And then I went to, in, in fifth grade, they moved into like Prairie Village area and I went to Stewart Middle School. Mm-hmm. So I met like Zach Hart, Nick Reynolds. That's where I met TJ and Dave and all those guys because we all went to Stewart. And Brittany Nally and yeah. Christy Terry, they all went there, didn't yep. they? Yeah, okay. Um, And then we all ended up at PRP also. So I chose PRP because my dad graduated from PRP and my grandpa went to PRP. Yeah, keeping it in the family. As all good Southerners do. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, yeah, and so that's how I kind of ended up there. But what's your story? Like, what made you choose to go to PRP? Um, well, I was kind of a rebel, actually. Uh, my, I have an older brother who was through my dad, his first marriage. Um, my dad went to Butler. Oh, snap. My older brother went to Butler. And then my other brother, who was my biological brother, went to Butler. And then I'm the baby. And I said, Butler, I'm going to go to PRP. It just, I didn't feel like that was the vibe that worked for me. Um, I wanted to be more of an individual. And then obviously, like, you're looking back and you're like, all high schools are pretty much the same. We all hung out with people who went to Butler. But when you're in, you know, going into ninth grade, you're like, oh, I need to be this way and this way. And like, what's my personality type? And like, I don't want to wear a uniform. I don't want to be traditional. I don't want to be confined. So then I ended up at PRP. And then obviously, like, the group of people that I hung out with um, from Conway was more the, that group of people were going to PRP. And right. who wants to leave their friends in eighth grade? Right. Like, that's, that's a, life or death right there. Like, your whole world would be over. That yeah. is a big motivating factor. And I think that's probably... I didn't really have a whole lot of friends in middle school, if I'm being perfectly honest about it. Like, I hadn't figured friendship out yet. Yeah. You were a loner? Not by choice. Yeah. uh, But yes. Yeah. And I think that kind of continued into, like, early high school. But I definitely knew people whom I liked were going to PRP. I was like, I'll go there. Yeah. Well, you ended up finding your tribe, so it worked out. I did. It worked out for me. You still, obviously, the people you pull on here are people that you have known for all those years in middle and high school and then you still hang out with and do things with on a regular basis but i kind of like became a loner after high school but i do like i mean i still hang out with whitney from high school like she would be someone from my tribe that i kept but Mm -hmm. i just i don't know it's it was an interesting experience leaving high school and then going into like the real world um my my mental state i guess just changed because i wasn't like big man on campus anymore and college was like a slap in the face like you actually have to take care of things yourself and like someone's not breathing down your neck to do it and um being like away from home my you know like my parents split up when I was late high school years so it was just a an interesting time so I feel like I drifted from the people that I hung out with and then I mean I wish them the best and there's nothing nothing happened wasn't drama or anything but but that's happening even my closest friends even people whom in high school, I hung out with every single day. I still think of those people as being like really strong friendships. Yeah. But I only see them like once every couple of months because everybody is just, everybody's working. Yeah. Now everybody has kids. Mm-hmm. Nobody has time to really invest in each other. 
and I think it's just something you have to realize. Yeah. Like, this is just, that's just how life is. It's not the greatest, but no. it's just how it is. Yeah. Uh, I mean, do you have one person other than your wife? That I see really, really regularly? That, like, you, like, talk about things that are going on in your life and mental state and, Actually, like, I'm, check in. I have a lot of people that I do that to. I think they You're probably... You're just, like, pouring your heart out yes. to everyone? I th- yeah. If you listen to TJ's podcast, he literally says, oh, there's Mitchell. He's always in his feels. Mm. I think that's just a part of my personality. Like, oh. I just need to regurgitate my today That's because, okay. Yeah. I've that's got some tissues around here somewhere, right. probably. I'll just wipe it on Wh- Winnie. But you were definitely big man on campus at BRP. Oh, you thanks. were like the, I mean, you were class president. Yeah. You don't become that by accident. Were you any type of queen or anything like that? I think I was junior prom queen. Nice. I think. I'm pretty sure I was. That's yeah. sweet. Yeah. Um, but those things only mattered to me because like I like humans. Yeah. Like I just genuinely like people and want to like forge human connections and so for me i'm like if i became class president that meant that i was doing my job as like a kind person because you don't vote for someone that you think's a bitch right you know what i mean so i'm like hopefully that means that i'm putting enough good into the world that they want somebody like that to represent them um and then the same like you know prom queen type things it's like it doesn't really matter in the big scheme of things. Obviously, I'm not like wearing my crown around every day, making sure that people know. You should know. definitely start. I, I should. Do you still have it? I don't even know. Wow. That's terrible. No, I, don't, I mean, probably in a memory box somewhere, but I'm going to find it. And if we do another one, I'm wearing it. Uh, that means and I'm you a- all better treat me like the queen. Uh, no, we will. We'll put out a carpet. I'll have to get a video <laughs> aspect and set up somehow uh, okay. so that we can film it. Yeah. I don't have a plan for that yet. Yeah. Okay. Well, um, but it just like for me, it just represented like that people thought that I was a nice person. And that's really all I've ever cared about. That's the main thing that I remember about you. There were multiple occasions that I remember that you hung out with me and my group of friends. And I always remember thinking like, what the fuck is she even doing here? <laughs> why is she hanging out with us right now? This is because you all were awesome. I think we might have been a little bit awesome. Yeah, so that's I appreciate why. that. But I did not realize at the time. I think definitely your legacy is a person whom was kind and who would invest in lots of people. That's all that I've ever wanted. And I've never like fallen into like the trap of like, I mean, there's obviously a social hierarchy that's, that cannot be denied, especially in high school. That's like everything. Um, But it, I just never really gave a shit Mm. (laughs) about it. Like I liked people who had fun and and enjoyed being around other people. And so um, David Van Tilburg and I got really close mm. there for a while. Um, and then I still have a video of you all somewhere singing that stupid song. What is it? The Jack Black's band? It's Fuck Her Gently by, yeah, by Tenacious D. I have D. a video somewhere of, I guess, in Jake's basement. Yes. Of you all singing that song. And like it sticks out as such a vivid memory because you all were just like so happy. And like, I'm a nerd, like I'll go places. And when I see people like listening to music or dancing or just having a genuinely good time, I cry because I'm so <laughs> like happy that they're happy. Like we went out last night for one of my friend's birthday and there was this guy on the dance floor and he's like going bald on top and he's got like this shaggy mullet that's not a mullet. And like, he's rocking like 
I mean, he looks dorky. Like, and I'm not hating on him, but he's just in the the band's playing like soul music. So it just didn't like seem. He's like a rocker looking dude, but then it was soul music, and he was just out there getting it. Yeah, like having the time of his life. And like some of the people we were with are like acquaintances, and um, I don't know them very well. And they're talking about like they're kind of making fun of him. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, how about the dude's not really here for you? Like he yeah. does not give a damn what you think. Like let him live his life. Yeah. He's having way more fun than you are. You're sitting, exactly. you know, over here like complaining and making fun of people, and that's just not really my vibe. They're jealous because they can't yeah. allow themselves the freedom to have yeah. as much fun as he the was insecurity having. Insecurity, or yeah. yeah, and like we all have insecurities, so I'm not hating on it, but don't hate on other people. Right? Like I'm just, I don't really. Uh, that's not my thing. There is a YouTube channel associated with this podcast, and I've neglected it. Oh, to be honest, but I found your YouTube channel. And linked that video. So if oh, you, you did find so if it? you go to okay. the Just Friends YouTube channel and you go to like the linked videos yeah. from other things, that video is there. So anybody who wants to watch that video, it is available to you okay. if you find the Just Friends. I'll have Friends. to watch it again because I actually have two YouTube channels because I guess that first one that you linked the video to, like I don't know the password and I've mm. never needed to log back on, so I've just kind of neglected it too. Um, and I'm glad that I uploaded the video because now I have no idea what phone that was on or like where it would be. And so it's the only record that I have of it. Um, so I'm glad that it's there. But yeah, I still like think about that regularly. I don't know why. It's just one of those fun memories. Like your memory's weird because it doesn't work the way that you think it should. Like you really think you're going to remember everything. And it's like you just get little flashes of certain things. Mm-hmm. So like high school was 11, year, 12 years ago now. Gosh. Um, and so you really have like, 10 memories that are like significant you know you remember like the daily hustle that you did and stuff but like you you don't have a whole lot of day-to-day memories like you think you will and that's just one of them that sticks out so i'm glad there's evidence of the awesomeness i feel so proud maybe or like touched that that's one of your like you're in my top 10 yeah man oh my gosh so if myspace were still around like you know, do you, did you have MySpace? I did, yeah. You know, you could like do your top friends and it was like a big deal. Yeah. If you weren't in the top 10 uh-huh. and your video would have been in the top 10. Yeah. Oh my goodness. Do you have any other like really fun, like top 10 memories that you want to share with people that, that people who might be listening would appreciate? Um, God, why can't I like th- the memories are literally flooding. This is what happens when you have kids. You like no longer have capacity to remember things past however many years because now all i remember is things about them Mm -hmm. because it's my responsibility to take care of them um and so i'm married now and i have three kids so everything i do involves their memories because Mm -hmm. they can't remember anything (laughs) because they're like tiny humans that are useless for the most part you know (laughs) you are their memory mom when did we do this yeah we're like what time do i need to and where do i and remembering days they have field trips and stuff so i i don't know what about you like what give me a minute to think because now i really want to remember some things about high school that i haven't thought about in years what about like what's your go-to memories i have a lot of memories in high school most of them are like feelings of of shame Hmm. (laughs) it's it's really funny and i like this is why perception of yourself versus perception from other people is such like a, a topic that I consider when I'm thinking about like my own insecurities and the way I feel about myself is you say like you had feelings of shame in high school, mm-hmm. but like I never remember looking at you and being like, 
wow, he's this or he's that. Like, I just remember thinking of you and your whole crew as like, they just have fun. They are awesome. They don't give a damn what people think about them. But like, it sounds to me like that's the opposite of maybe how you felt because you wanted people to like you and you Definitely. felt like people didn't and you were in, you know what I mean? Like, is that accurate? It, it wasn't so much that I felt like people didn't like me. Although I just maybe felt like people didn't like me as much as they liked other people. And that like played into my own insecurity. Yeah. But I remember a lot of fun memories from Jake Stratton's basement. Yeah. And that one in particular was very, stood out very, very highly to me. We went to LRS Fest a bunch of times mm-hmm. when we were in high school. So I have a fun story from there. And it just kind of plays into my own perception of myself. Mm-hmm. So we were at LRS Fest. It's like a big rock concert. There's stages kind of all over the place. It's at the Great Lawn. Yeah. Uh, on the riverfront. And I'm a little disappointed I never got an invite to this. But anyway, we'll talk I'm about sorry. that later. We can we can hash that out later. Okay. Maybe we'll do... Do they still do that? Is LRS even still a thing? No, that's, it's gone. But we okay. can figure something out. All right. So there was... It's very high energy, lots of like moshing and like mm. crowd surfing. And this girl got knocked down and Jake Stratton helped her up. And she like looked at him in his face. She was like, thank you so much. And she kissed him right on the mouth. And I remember thinking, woo, woo. this place is awesome. Yeah. Like I'm going to try to get yeah, some of that action. Yeah, I'm going to knock her girl down and hope she kisses me if I help her up. So there was this young lady. She was lovely. This was maybe like an hour later. She was crowd surfing. And some people don't appreciate the crowd surfing because oh, well then what are you doing there randomly people will just kind of like fall on your head and it's oh, just like gosh yeah. so that's what happened to this young lady and the guy who um she kind of started falling from the sky she like kind of like toppled off of his shoulder and so like i was standing there and i caught her it was like a mm-hmm. freddie prince jr kind of moment yeah like, did it go in slow motion and her it felt hair like it. yeah okay and then like i'm kind of like there i'm like on my knee like she's looking at me i'm looking at her and then she's just like will you let me go please <laughs> And I was like, wait a second, hold a second now. You're like, this is our moment. Something's supposed to happen right now. Something. This is the part in the movie where we kiss. Right. Which was, which is a lot of how I think I interpreted my life. Was yeah. like, this is not like the TV this shows that I'm watching. This summed up yeah. my entire existence right in this moment. So that was, that was a really interesting experience. Would that have been your first kiss? Yes. That you didn't have? I never had it. Oh. Yeah, I was really behind and all. That was another thing. Like, a lot of my friends were interacting with girls. Yeah. And I was not having any of that. Yeah. And that was bumming me out a little bit. Yeah. But one of the things I've learned about memory as an adult is that your memory doesn't work like you think it does. Mm -mm. You draw, whenever you draw memory up and you think about it, whatever you think about, however you see it, when you store, you restore it as that. Yeah. So it changes so much over the years. So yeah. we can't actually believe in it. it, it no. That might not have even happened. Like your life experiences change the memory that you used to have based on your current perception. Ex- of yeah. It, yeah. Yeah. That's very true. Yeah. Um, and I don't know. High school, it's like, it's obviously valuable to your existence because you learn a lot during that time. But it's just shitty. Like, yeah. I mean, middle school is even worse you know like you're just confused all the time and you don't know what's going on with your body and things are changing and you're yeah it's just a lot see and I had then, the exact opposite experience like why the fuck is everybody's body's changing and mine's not <laughs> this but what the fuck and everybody else's their voices are getting deeper i'm still waiting for that to happen to me well i had the opposite experience um i had a c cup in third grade so my body changed way fast 
Man, how was that? That was terrible. I bet it was. Because I'm like, what's happening? I'm nine years old. Yeah. Made no sense. Apparently, my mom was giving me like hormone-filled cow's milk or something. I don't know. But yeah, I mean, it was. And so like then that always led like older boys to be really interested in me because I looked older than I was. And I didn't understand like why. Like literally, we would be places and grown men would hit on me. And my mom would be like, she's nine. Yeah. You have to stop. Um, and like, you know, then I get to middle school and I was like tall, not, I mean, I'm the same height I am now. So I'm five, three, but I weighed like 95 pounds. So I looked tall Mm because I had long, you know, thin legs and big boobs. And like, I know that sounds like a dream, but for a, well, for you, it might be a dream, but for me, like I am a girl who wants girls to like me Mm -hmm. and they all hated me because of the way I looked like legit. They didn't because the boys liked me yeah and i'm like i don't really want any of the boys i want friends so that like they were nasty so middle school years were tough like i spent a lot of days crying in the bathroom but perception of what people thought i was like i was really involved in things Mm -hmm. and my mom obviously worked there so like the adults knew me and like i was really peppy and upbeat but then i would cry in the bathroom every day to go back to what you said i also had c cups in when i was nine (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> for different reasons oh um but we're grown men hitting on you too yes okay they mostly were black with like white collars it was strange no uh god that's horrible i should probably edit that out no i think about it often because like i feel like i was maybe a little bit girl crazy throughout all of that especially because i just wasn't getting the attention i wanted yeah but i never once considered the undesired attention that i was giving these young ladies who I was interested in, they did not want that from me. Mm-hmm. And they were, and I imagine you were getting that from lots of places that mm-hmm. you just did not want this attention, but you didn't have a choice. You were getting it. Yeah. It makes me empathetic towards young ladies who mm-hmm. I'm currently teaching who are having those similar experiences Yeah, and who don't really know how to handle it in a healthy way and who don't have anybody around them to show them how. Yeah. Like if you're, you know, I feel bad for the girls that you were hitting on cause you were relentless. Is that what you mean? No, I don't <laughs> think I was hitting on them. I don't think I knew how to do that, but like I pined over them. So maybe they didn't even realize they were getting the attention they were getting. Um, So I don't know. But But you were writing Mr. and Mrs. on your notebook with their name. Yeah. Okay. Like a third grade girl. Creepy. Until I was like 23. (laughs) So. It's a good thing that you finally got one that would deal with you. I don't know what she's thinking. I don't either. It's only Bless been like, her heart. we've been married for s- closing in on six months, so not a very long time. And yeah. I think she's already feeling like maybe I've, yeah. I've probably fucked. She's, does she still have a window of time that she gets to be like, ah, I think I'm out. <laughs> I would I would give her that, but I don't think she wants it. So um, we'll see what happens. Yeah, I yeah. think she likes me. I think there might be something wrong with her. But yeah. I don't know. I don't see it. Yeah. So who knows? Yeah. Well, if you don't see it, then don't <laughs> don't push it. I'm not going Just to. Just let, let it flow naturally. So after high school... Where did you go to college? Uh, everywhere. Yeah, me too. Literally everywhere. Um, I started at U of L for a year, mm-hmm. and then I went to JCC for six months. Yeah, and then I went to Western. Oh, okay. I didn't go for, there. That's oh, the first. You were, were you counting? And yeah. you're like, oh, I went there. I went there. Yeah. Um, I went to Western for a year, a year and a half, and then I ended up at Indiana Southwest. Mm-hmm. And I failed out of that entire semester, wasted like three grand, and went back to U of L where I started, um, because my mental health was a disaster. Yeah, like, I mean, 
honestly, I just, everywhere I went, I kept waiting for like it to click and like it to be like, oh, this is what's going to make you happy. And nothing was making me happy. And like, that's why when I said like you, I went from high school where like I was big man on campus. And like a lot of it was just me like forcing myself to be a certain person sometimes. But then like when you're in college, you're all by yourself. So like, you know, your parents think you're an adult, which you are an adult, but you're off doing your own thing and they kind of leave you to it and my own thing was literally like in my dorm room crying every day (laughs) like i mean and i have a really morbid sense of humor about depression and stuff so like even though i have it i don't i like make a joke out of everything Mm -hmm. and i like saw this meme yesterday and it was like sitting in the therapist's office and it was like i noticed that you use humor to mask your trauma and they were like, thank you. And she said, I didn't say it was a compliment. All I heard was you think I'm funny. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm like, that is totally me. Cause yeah. I like, that's my vibe. But, um, so I ended up everywhere and I mean, I did graduate, so it all worked out. Um, I'm in a crap ton of student loan debt because Bomber. of it. So many people yeah. are. Um, but I wouldn't have my kids. I'm sure if I didn't go through all that. So I'm grateful that they're here without that experience. They, you know, might not have existed. That'd be so um, sad. And they give you, they do give you a little bit of motivation, even though they're real assholes sometimes. And when they're older and they're going to hear this, they're like, Mom, you called us assholes? Yeah. Yeah, well, are. maybe you guys shouldn't have been such assholes. Precisely my point. <laughs> I mean, seriously. But it's okay. I love them anyway. That's my job. Um, if it makes I've you feel some, any better, they probably won't hear this. Yeah. Well, Henry, my middle child, he doesn't, he's like an elephant. He doesn't forget anything. And if I, like, if my husband listens to this, if David's listening, that that's his name. Um, and Henry hears any part of it, he will remember. And it'll probably be that exact moment where I'm like, my kids are assholes. But so that they, I mean, I doubt they'll hear it either. Unless, what if you lo- like long run this for 20 years? I would love to do this for 20 years, but I don't expect a whole lot more. Pe- you want to know the truth? There are people listening in like India, oh, like so one, then you one gotta, person. Okay, who's that's one to every more episode. than I have. Yeah, but... You're going to run out of friends. <laughs> well, that's that's why I'm going to try to do like groups. Okay. Because yeah. I've, I've, I've thought about the longevity of it. Yeah. You just need to make more friends. I, I, I've really rekindled some interesting relationships, which has been fun. Like I hung out with Tim and Troy, but mm-hmm. I hadn't, I'd maybe never hung out with Troy hmm. as long as we hung out the other day. I didn't realize that. I thought you all, I mean, I know we kind of rolled with the Mola mm-hmm. more, but I thought for some reason you all had more um longevity in high school but Mm-mm. i hung out with troy in high school because the group i hung out with hung out with the mola yeah and so i knew him there and then we were at western together too so we rekindled a little there and then we also did like the school musicals together um and it was really funny because we did the year we did grease at in high school they have like have you ever seen the fake prop cigarettes and yeah. like they look like cigarettes and you blow out and it's like it blows out a puff yeah like powder yeah and so he like his mom's coming to pick him up and he's like watch this and he like puts the prop cigarette in his mouth and like blows out and she gets out of her car and starts just way laying on him and she's like what the fuck are you doing and he was like mom mom it's fake and she's like what do you mean it's fake it was like the funniest thing. I'm like why would you you know that's your, what your mom is gonna do why yeah. would you say yourself up for that he was an entertainer yeah he is so um but troy's awesome so i'm i'm a little sad that you didn't get him in high school because he was a good time i know i I wish i had i didn't um, so then how did you re like if you all didn't hang out in high school how did you connect with him to do this 
I guess I've seen him around. He plays on a softball team, and I play on an opposing softball team, so I sort of talked yeah. to him. And then he reached out to me. And, I mean, like, I'm even open to, like, doing, like, four people. Right now, the most I can do is four. Mm-hmm. I'm even open to doing four people on mics and me not having a mic and just letting them bullshit and then just kind of, like, yeah, taking that content and then editing it into yeah an episode. Well, you need to be in it, too, because... You're humorous. Sometimes I would be. You need another mic is all I'm hearing. Yeah. I don't don't know. Like the the logistics of a lot of people is a little bit daunting. One-on-one, it's easy. I'm talking. You wait for me to finish. You're talking. I wait for you to finish. You throw a couple more people into that and it gets a little bit squirrely. You get a little round robin going. People Mm -hmm. have... I think it would be good. We're all adults now, which is nice. So people can kind of adapt. Are we really though? I think we're supposed to be. Do you actually feel like an adult? Because when I'm like pulling into work and I'm crying because I hate being an adult, I'm like, is this what adulting feels like? Because I don't like it. That's exactly what it is. That's exactly. When I'm winning, (laughs) yeah. Then this is adulthood. Because I'm also doing that some days, so it's like okay. Um, Did you reconnect with anybody at the reunion? last time like that you didn't necessarily think of before or? it's funny that you bring up the reunion i was excited about the reunion yeah because of two reasons one i had just recently not been fat i was still pretty fat <laughs> but it was just not been fat <laughs> the least fat i'd ever been in my whole life and it had just happened and you were like sweet i was like yeah, perfect yeah, time. yeah. Look, check me out look how hot i am yeah which i wasn't <laughs> but it was cool and also i was so insecure in high school, because I was so worried about what everybody else was going to think about me. Yeah. But now we had been so separated from that. I was just really excited to just have a chance to just go have some fun. To just be you and yeah. not be in your own head. And I got exactly what I wanted out of the experience. It yeah. was really fun. So I talked to John Haley. Mm-hmm. And I bumped into him a couple of times. So that was really interesting. He was always really cool. Um, I got to see Trey. Mm-hmm. Um, and I got to talk to him. And then TJ was there and you were there. And I guess I ended up hanging out with you and Whitney a mm-hmm. little bit. And I never really talked to her or knew her very much She's at all. awesome. We definitely had a conversation. I don't really remember <laughs> I the don't re- details. I don't remember really anybody that was there. Yeah. Honestly, because I ended up really drunk. Well, that happens. It happens. Because I was the one planning it. And so I was like... High, like I'm very high strung anyway because I'm a people pleaser it's in my nature and I hate it about myself but it is what it is and so I'm like how am I gonna make sure everyone has a good time and how am I gonna make sure everyone's comfortable and like I don't want people to feel like they have to sit if they don't want to sit but I want tables for those who are more introverted and need time to warm up and blah blah so I'm like the working the logistics out of it and I was like really nervous and so Whitney actually went early with me so that she could like basically be my you know, canine support dog. Mm-hmm. Cause I was like freaking out. Um, and then I ended up ha- getting hammered because I was so stressed that I was using it as a coping mechanism. I'm like, I need a shot. There's too many people and I don't know who's going to show up. And what if only five come? So, um, and that's why I ended up puking in the grate that yeah, night. Yeah. But that was, that was towards the end. <laughs> I don't know if anybody, the people who stayed late definitely saw that but everybody who stayed late was just so stoked because it was it was an amazing night. yeah it ended up being really fun it was great and i loved how like the groups of people who didn't hang out in high school like we all just meshed anyway yeah you know what i mean Mm -hmm. like there was no there wasn't that social hierarchy like there was in high school per se so it was it was nice and i do remember um taryn 
uh, she held my hair while I puked in the crate. Yeah. And like we we talked in high school, but we weren't we never hung out outside of school. So yeah. like we knew each other. But yeah, she like and I was like, I'm so sorry. This is embarrassing. You know, and she's like, it's fine. Yeah, you shouldn't like, be embarrassed. So nice. We've all been there. Yeah. Every single one of us has. Yeah. So I talked to Nick George mm-hmm. and I recently ran into him. At, He's <laughs> awesome, too. Yeah. He's a doctor now. Yeah, he is just an all-around, just like amazing person. Have you ever seen his artwork? Yeah, I've seen a little bit of it. It's great. Yeah, he's he's talented and he's smart and he's handsome and he plays basketball. Yeah. I'm like, his girl better hold on to him. He's so, a catch. I'm going to pester him until he does an episode with he me. He needs to. He's funny, too. Yeah, cool. Yeah, well, and him and Carrie Benson were really tight in high school and you know we we lost carrie from high school yeah. so um but i'm glad nick is like thriving in his life because he's just a genuinely nice good dude heck yeah that's awesome so you should pester him because i'd like to i will see what he has to say i walked up to him in the middle of a crowded mexican restaurant and was like <laughs> no, hey i know i haven't seen you in like 12 do you years want to do a but podcast? <laughs> that's exactly what like, i did what the fuck he was really nice and really he receptive is really nice he's uh, just a genuinely like you know you meet people and like you're like yeah you're really fake yeah like you're you're being nice but you're not really nice and he's just one of those people who you legit are like you're just a really nice person mm-hmm. so you need him on here reward that kindness i will pull some ellen stuff i'll try All i right. don't have any money i don't have ellen money so i probably can't uh if you if nick if you come on i'll i'll, I'll buy you some alcohol and some coffee and uh that's really all i've got i don't really have a whole lot of pull on that um will you do a little dance for him or something sure i'll dance okay i'll all dance right. i'll all do it you know like I'll, I'll accommodate him in any way that i can okay but the reunion was awesome you did an amazing job putting it together well thanks i remember being a little bit drunk at the end of it and like sending you really like you know drunk text happy yeah like you did such a great job i'm so glad we're friends yeah you're such a nice person (laughs) thanks for inviting me well whitney ended up being our dd because once she like i think we were in my car i don't remember but she ended up being sober and i was not obviously Mm -hmm. um and then you were waiting you were going to uber or something there so i was going to Uber. yeah and she was like i'm taking her home and we live obviously right by each other so she ended up driving you off uh and it's i don't know it's just funny how like the night ended and then you sending like really like the next morning i'm like looking through my text thread and i'm like mitch like what are you doing well i knew that you probably (laughs) felt a little embarrassed and i knew you Uh, shouldn't i knew you shouldn't because there was no reason for you to be embarrassed it's that people pleasing in me like i just want people to like me i don't what is that about do you feel like i feel that so much i don't understand and then i'm like if you would just quit worrying about it people would like you yeah. but then when you're in your own head people are like what is wrong with her yeah so i need to get out of my own head but mm-hmm. i can't do you do you meditate or do you practice mindfulness at all are you familiar with that whole movement i mean i'm familiar but who has time it's hard to, i don't do it very often i mean and like meditation requires like focus on the one thing that you're like trying to focus on and i just can't you have babies um, well i have kids and like I know like this is a sad story because everyone has these things, but I'm like, I have kids, I have a husband, I have a job, I have a house, I have groceries to run. And I'm like, there's just no time to carve out for yourself and you have to, but I just don't 
have the like this is me time right now mm-hmm. um which is like when i'm gonna be honest when you first sent me a text message i was like man you're at the bottom of the barrel <laughs> if you're coming for me because i'm not even interesting really i'm like you're desperate for a guest to come on if you're at me um that's the exact opposite of how i felt because i was like if i can get michelle on oh, this podcast whatever. it'll be amazing no. so i feel privileged that i made it so early in the cut thank you no thank you it's because i got you drunk at the reunion yeah it's also because you were always kind to me even when you never had a reason to be oh and because if i'm going to be perfectly honest i think regardless of whether you realize it or not that there are going to be a lot of people who are going to be interested in hearing what you've been up to and how you've been doing because i think you had a positive impact on a lot of people's lives Oh, i hope so that's literally the only thing that I want in life Yeah, is to be nice to people. I know I've said that, but so when you asked me, I like, I kind of had a conversation with David in case you forgot, that's my husband's name. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm like, I have a lot of anxiety about things and I'm like, should I like, am I, is this okay? And then I talked to Whitney about it and I, like on the way here, I called her cause I was like, Oh my God, we're going like, this is happening. And I didn't put deodorant on this morning and I'm like going to sweat profusely and it's going to be running down my back. I'm and, sweating right now. <laughs> and, like I put deodorant on in the car. Cool. I have some, so you're good. But, um, can I borrow some? Cause I haven't gotten any. Yeah. Well then stay awake. Okay, stay will. over there on your side of the, the couch. I'm sorry. Um, and she said, I saw a quote that said, don't wait until you're comfortable do it until you're comfortable mm-hmm. and i was like oh that's perfect for today because this like when i was younger this you know you were talking about djing and like how you, that would be like a great career that you would really enjoy and so you were like well i'm going to become my own dj and mm-hmm. start this podcast and i love doing things like this when i was younger but i don't know like if it's just life in general or being like our age group that you just feel very isolated and like like you're always doing something wrong I don't know if that's the norm or if it's just me because I like I always feel like I'm never doing enough as someone my age. And, you know, you see things that are like if you own a house and you have a car and you have this and this and you're doing great. But then I also like that's why I told you I got off social media because it's like keeping up with the Joneses. Yeah. Everything you do and everywhere you look. And I don't believe that crap. Like I know that people are struggling and having things go on and you hear about someone who you see posting things differently than what you hear is actually happening. And so I know I knew it wasn't real, but it was like having a negative impact on my mental health because I'm looking at something and I'm going there. Look, they they just bought a four hundred thousand dollar house and like they're my age. What am I doing wrong? Why am I not? And then I was like, you have to stop. Yeah. Like, so I deleted Facebook. I still Smart. have Instagram because you can like it's not really people's drama and mm-hmm. opinions about things. Just pictures. Yeah. So I still do that. Um, and you can kind of weed out people that. Like the, I feel like the security is a little better. Yeah. Facebook, you have to do all those little settings for people can see what, and I'm just over it. So I deleted Facebook, but I hate it because I don't get to keep up with people. Um, but for my mental health, it was just the best. I think it's great for you to talk about like feelings of anxiety and like being uh, finding yourself in seasons where you're feeling depressed because yeah. there, whether you believe it or not, there are people whom we hung out with who have placed you on a pedestal. You were the class president. You organized our entire like Everybody. class reunion. Yeah. And so to hear you say like, you know, I don't have it all together. Like no. I'm also anxious. I also go through periods in my life where like I feel down and and less than yeah it's important for everybody to hear that and to understand that that's how everybody feels. Yeah. No one talks about 
what their brain is doing. Really, it's kind of a taboo topic. And people think you're crazy and they like to throw it in your face afterwards. So um, I've kind of like, you know, been on that spiritual journey, I guess, since I've hit my 30s of like, being more open about talking about it. And I think it makes people uncomfortable sometimes if I'm like, I'm having a really anxious day today. I'm, I apologize in advance if I cry. Yeah. Like, I, I, and like, if I talk to my boss, I'll like go in and I don't like confrontation. I think it's that people pleasing thing. And I'm like, I just want to forewarn you that I'm going to cry when I say this. And then like, I'll spew out what's mm-hmm. happening. And it's not even anything big. It's just because I'm an anxious person. And I don't know how to like cope with it sometimes. And I think like being that I was like the class president and I did do school newspaper and I was, I had a 4.0 GPA. Like I put too much pressure on myself and then people like look at people like that. Like when I think about people who are really successful, I'm like, Oh my God, they have it all together. Look at them. And I'm like, what must be going on in their head all the time for like them to live that lifestyle mm-hmm. because it's exhausting living like a quote unquote normal lifestyle like we live mm-hmm. like i'm tired of <laughs> just being an adult and like having to function and i like that battle every day of like you're a grown-up you have to do grown-up things to i want to crawl in bed and never you know get out because i'm so just drained constantly um but i don't think that i'm alone in that i think no, that that's not. everybody feels the same way but why? nobody knows that question is a hard question to answer. I will say that I've I do I've read a lot about it. There's a guy whose book I really appreciate. His name's Johan Hari. Mm-hmm. He wrote a book called Lost Connections, mm-hmm. and he would make the argument that his main focus is is drug addiction because mm-hmm. he was an addict. But he makes the argument that addiction is a symptom of anxiety and depression. Absolutely, and that anxiety and depression is a symptom, a natural response to feelings of despair. Mm-hmm. And he says that those feelings of despair come from the fact that we are basically no different than our ancestors that evolved 150,000 years ago. That fight or flight response? Yes. Yeah. And that we, but what we have is we now live in a, in a society, in a system that it no longer gives us the things that we need. So he says, we're disconnected from meaningful work. Very few people have a job where they feel like what they're doing really has purpose. Mm-hmm. When you when human beings first evolved, you were lived in tribes of 150, you were gonna be the best person at something. Mm-hmm. But now we compare ourselves to all 7 billion people on the planet and yeah. we're not the best at anything. We suck compared yeah. to some people and that yeah. sucks. We're disconnected from meaningful relationships because we fucking work all the time. Yeah. We're disconnected from meaningful values. You know, like you said, you were on a spiritual journey. I've gone through interesting spiritual journeys myself and I consider myself, I don't know if I consider myself a spiritual person or not, but I'm seeking those things out. Mm -hmm. But, you know, even 75 years ago, everybody was a Christian. They all shared the same values, whether that was good values or not, mm-hmm. you can pretty much anticipate what another was person was going to do. Yes, and yeah. now that's gone. And so, like, we now live in a society that makes you anxious. We're the most connected humanity's ever been and the most disconnected yeah. the humanity's ever been. It's really strange. Yeah. Well, and, like, I worry about that for my kids' sake because I know how my mental health is whenever, you know, I'm, I'm thinking about, like, I didn't, we grew up, where cell phones came later. Like, Mm -hmm. I think I had a cell phone the first time when I was in ninth grade. um, And it was like the big Nokia, you know, and I have a razor. 
I did. Damn, it was hot girl. pink. I was Ooh, so fly. So fancy. They don't say fly anymore. But they don't say that anymore? No, I don't oh, think so. Okay. Um, but all the cool kids should. They should. So with my kids, like, I mean, I grew up where you had to have a landline to yeah. like, you know, you would wait by the phone at 4.30 or 3 o'clock or whatever assigned time. And we even were at the point where like we, my mom had two lines where like we would have our own phone number and it would only ring in our room, like me and my brother. Mm. I don't know how she did it, but she was like, because she would, you know how, you, do your mom ever do that where she would just sit on the phone for hours at night, like with the cord while she's cooking dinner yeah. and you have to like climb under the cord. And so she was always on the phone and we're like, my friend's supposed to call it. 315 or whatever and she's like well i'm sorry i'm having a conversation and i don't know if call waiting was a thing or maybe they just didn't click over but we got our own number and like we didn't have i mean myspace was kind of coming out but you didn't really have computers in the home yet um and when you did it was dial-up internet and it was aol chat rooms and stuff and like it just wasn't really a thing and so we just like we had more connection with each other because it was the same group of people having spend the nights and doing things. And now like my oldest son, he doesn't do anything with friends. Like he literally sits in his room on his phone all the time. And that is his human connection, but Mm. it's not human. No. And I'm his mom and I'm trying to like encourage him to do things, but I'm not a teenager anymore. So like my experience is different than his because I didn't grow up the way he's growing up. And he's like, mom, kids don't do that anymore. Exactly. And I'm like, but he's trapped. Yeah. And, but he's unhappy. Mm -hmm. And I mean, not, not overall, but like he wants more human connection, but they don't know how to forge it. Yeah. You know, like they, their generation doesn't do that. Like, and I'm like, can you call your friend and see what time, the party starts or whatever, if he's going to a birthday party and he's like, I mean, I'll just text him or I'll DM him on Instagram. Mm-hmm. I'm like, you, you can't call him real quick. So you can tell me, mom, people don't call. Yeah. So they literally don't even want to communicate with their mouths. It's more intimate. Yeah. They, and, uh, it's and uncomfortable. We, yeah, it is. I, I don't know. I've felt that before. Like a desire. I, I prefer, this is kind of silly, but I prefer to communicate with my in-laws via text message than, yeah. than making phone calls just because the intimacy of it is, and I like, I'm very aware that I want them to like me and to appreciate yeah. me. Yeah. Yeah. And I, but that I see the opposite sometimes. I'm afraid over text message because I have a weird sense of humor sometimes. Yeah. And so, like, if I make a joke, I'm like, well, wait, did that come out bitchy? Did right. that come out like rude or. So then you put the LOL after everything mm-hmm. and then you're just like, wow, I'm the LOL person who puts an LOL after everything. And then you're like, let's, let's do a little smiley face emoji and then an LOL right. and then a winky face emoji and then an LOL so that you're not uh, an LOL jackass who's just sending LOLs after everything. Um, but I think that it's easier to send text messages. Like mm-hmm. you, you're not out of your comfort zone. Yep. So then I like, I'm like, what is he going to do? He being my oldest when he has to like interview for a job and he has no communication skills because their generation doesn't know how to do that. Um, because Mm -hmm. we, we've had conversations about how like the way some of the things that we grew up with were not great for our mental health, Mm -hmm. for our emotional health and like kind of screwed us later in life. yeah. Yeah. We had to overcome those challenges. Yeah. That was a great segue into kind of back to what we were talking about originally. Like you were in college. Did you immediately start pursuing a degree in education? I think when I first graduated, I did. And then like my first semester, I was on that track to be a teacher. And then I, my mom was a teacher. My aunt was a teacher. Mm -hmm. And so like, I kind of grew up 
in summertime helping them set up classrooms and make bulletin boards and running copies and staying after school to grade papers and those kind of things and so like I always knew that I wanted to help people like that is my personality it's an exhausting personality to have I don't if you're ever if you're listening and you're a helper by nature you're mentally drained constantly because I'm always worried about everyone else um but I decided, well, maybe I'll go into nursing. So I changed my track there. And then I ended up like pursuing a marketing degree because I was like, maybe I just want to work in the business world where I don't have to like be in a caring profession. And then uh, I feel like there was one more in there, maybe journalism. I don't know. It like changed constantly. And then when I went to Western, I took anatomy and physiology and the lab that went with it like killed me. You had to like look at slides of skin cells and um, and identify the tissue and like what type it was. And I was like, nope, this is not. Squamous versus. Yeah. yeah. I just, taught anatomy for a semester. You did? Okay. Well, then you, you should know it all. But yeah, I was like, this is not. It just didn't feel natural. So I got out of that and I was like, what am I going to do? And I ended up going back to L and got my degree in psychology. And I was like, maybe I could work with kids in that capacity and I opted when once I found out I was pregnant I was like well what could I do that would allow me to be with my kids and do things that I love so I decided to be a teacher which might have been a ginormous mistake I don't know stay tuned um <laughs> but it's just because I don't know why there's a lot of things that go into it but it's hard yeah it's really hard and you get like we're talking about how you never feel like you're doing enough just in life in general like you're not good enough as a mom you're not good enough as a wife you're not good enough as a homemaker you're not like you're just never good enough you're never doing enough and when you work in any kind of caring profession they just expect things out of you for free you know what i mean like what what do you mean you can't work overtime if you're a paramedic why not people need saving well i have kids at home i have a family i have to go to you just expect me to do this because i'm in the profession of caring for people and i think a lot of times that's the same vibe that they give teachers it's like they don't want to pay us for extra things that we do which is fine like i do things because i love kids and i want them to be successful but they just expect a lot out of teachers and even if I wasn't a teacher, I knew that going into it because that's what my family's always done, but yeah. it's changed. You know, like my aunt's retired now. She was in it for 27 years in this district. And she, like from the time she started to the time she ended, she was like, it's the level of expectation and accountability that they put on a single human being that's can only do so much is insane. And so mm. she got out. She was like, if it would have been the way it was when I first started, I would have done 35 years in but she was like it's not like that so she ended up leaving as soon as she could but it's it's just too stressful it's just too much so i think we need them but we need to treat teachers a little better yeah i can relate to that because obviously i am yeah at the moment still a teacher mm. and i kind of talk about it as if like you really just need th- two maybe even three people mm-hmm. to do the job because for 5 hours a day i'm in a room with my students with no autonomy i can't even leave the room really yeah i don't i can't be planning i can't Mm -hmm. be thinking about anything all i can be thinking about is implementing the tasks that i'm supposed to be implementing and making sure that they are complying to whatever Mm -hmm. i'm asking them to be doing and if it was just teaching that might be okay yeah but you're like constantly putting out small fires and like they're human beings. They're not robots. So you expect to do that to some capacity, but they're not being set up to be successful mm. 
They're coming and with it, tons of trauma. Yeah. And so, and that's not like I, we joke about like it being above our pay grade mm-hmm. and not that I don't want to help them, but my responsibility is to teach them a standard that the state has said I need to teach. That means that I can't segue from that into doing other things. Mm-hmm. I have to find outside resources that aren't always available to do that. So then, you know, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. Yeah. You're not, if you don't have that bottom tier, you can't be successful in anything else. Yeah. And they kind of expect that all kids are on that, that they have those things and they're at that top tier where they're ready to learn. And that's not always the case. So. Not even close. No. So. You have to Maslow before you can bloom. Have you ever heard of that? Uh, I have. Most people probably don't know what Bloom's taxonomy is, no. but those teachers out there will understand what that yeah. means. Yeah. So there you go. If you don't have, say it one more time. You have to Maslow before you can bloom. Yeah. And they're not they're not setting them up for that. Nope. So there's no blooming happening. Not at there's all. There's womp-womps. And then, you know, outside of that five hours, like you've already put in five hours, you've got on average a, a normal person mm-hmm. works eight hours a day. So that means you got three more hours. Three more hours to... Plan and implement. Plan a lesson. Mm-hmm. Um, create or gather all the resources. And don't forget, you have to differentiate. Yeah, you have to differentiate. So you might have three different lessons planned for for thirty for, minutes. Yeah, <laughs> and so then you've got grading, mm-hmm. and then you've also got all of the other like administrative like boxes that you have to check in order mm-hmm. to show I'm doing this, I'm doing this, I'm doing this because you're obligated to be doing these things. Mm-hmm. And the best way that they can come up with to document that is by just having teachers do tons of paperwork. Yeah. I keep like a written record of like exit tickets that we do on a certain standard, specifically in math. And like we had a meeting and they were like, well, we need you to put those on the Google Drive. So now I'm keeping a, a written record of it, but now I have to transfer every written record over to the computer, which I mean, sounds like a menial task. And it's not that it's hard but it's just time consuming and you're like one more thing that i have to do it's like they want the data to represent so that when the state looks at it it looks great on paper Mm -hmm. here's all the things we're doing but no one's really coming into a classroom and seeing and like obviously teachers are not miracle workers we're there for the kids and we want like i say all the time my job's hard, but I love my students and I legitimately do. Like I want them to be successful, but people aren't setting me up for success and therefore I can't set my kids up for success. And that kind of brings me back to where we were before because one of the weirdest things that we do in in probably, probably across all school systems is we expect to take kids from wherever they are and that's a million different places. Yeah. And get them all to the exact same place at the yeah. exact same time. When has w- the world ever, Mm-mm. ever been that way? Never. So our, our just the way that we view education really has to change. People think we have summers off and we have spring break and we have um, Christmas break, which we do. And those yeah. are perks. But I work 60-hour weeks. I, I only get paid for seven hours a day. Yeah. But, and I, you know, you stretch your paycheck out the whole year, but it's not more money. It's just stretched further. Yeah. Um, but I'm at home grading papers at after, so I get home and I cook dinner and I do laundry and I get, do my kids homework and we play a game cause I need quality time with them too. Cause they need me just as much. And then my husband needs quality time with me too. So we'll watch a movie or, um, have a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> So yeah, 
they, you know, everything we do is for kids. Everything I do is for kids. Everything that is uh, happening above me, I don't know, is for kids yeah. necessarily. So I, I do, I'm hopeful that there can be change and I hope that somebody will realize that it's not working. Um, you know, we have this big push for inclusion and diversity, but no one's really having those conversations about what that means in a classroom with diversity and with high poverty and high need students. Like we, we talk a big game, but there's no change actually happening. And they're, you know, like when I work, the school that I work at, I have kids from all different backgrounds, but they expect that my kids are going to come in and be able to do fifth grade material the second that they walk in the door, that they're on the end of fourth grade level ready to transition into fifth grade. So their, their map that they give you to like set them up for the whole year, those standards that I have to teach are already a failure Yeah, because I'm catching kids up who might not be on a fifth grade level. And so I'm trying to like play catch up with them, but then I'm going, where are you basing these standards off of? Because if you're talking about differentiating that you want me to do, why are you not differentiating the standards yeah. for them saying if they're on this level, we want to at least grow them a year. No, you're trying to grow them four years yeah. or six years or however far behind they are. And like you, you talked about getting kids who didn't even have formal schooling mm. um, who are trying to play catch up. And so it's just things like that. I'm like, you, you say you're in it for their best interest, but then you're not implementing policies that are going to like encourage growth in them. Cause for me, I'm like, if, if I get a kid and they grow, I'm already, they're already better off than they came, you know, but if you're expecting them to grow six grade levels in a year when they couldn't do that in five years, mm-hmm. you're not setting them up for success already. Yep. I couldn't agree with you. more. So some things need to change. So then maybe this, you know, like podcasting gig, you can make some change and like do something, Mitch. I've thought about starting something that I would call pissed off pedagogy yeah. <laughs> and just having teacher friends who like, could talk for hours about what we're talking about. They now. might want to live like work under ghost names because <laughs> yeah. I'm always like caut- like cautious about talking about these things because you know I became a teacher because I love kids and I want them to be successful. But it's like taboo. Like you're not allowed to talk about the things that are wrong. Oh yeah. You only are supposed to talk about the things that are wonderful and great. Well, that's not reality that we live in, um, and that's not doing what's best for the generations of students who are coming into our classroom. Exactly. So we have these things, they call them TBUs, trues, but true, but useless. Mm-hmm. I'm like, if it's true, it's not useless. We need to really consider this. This is a problem that is, that is causing us to not find success. We should address it. I really do see it as, as being a symptom of a, of a much bigger problem, mm-hmm. which is the world has changed. The internet has been created. The world is totally different. Yeah. But we're still doing things pretty much the same way that we did them in like 1820. Mm-hmm. And we're just behind now. Mm-hmm. And we got to figure out how to change it and how to catch up. But we're not very good at it yet. No. Yeah, I, I agree. We're not having con- we're not having legit conversations about things. And we're that's like, a big problem too. Mm-hmm. And we can't pay attention to anything for more than like two minutes. Well, and no one wants to be honest about things like and i'm guilty of it too because i'll like i want to ask a question about like am i doing enough for this group of students or am i implementing things that are going to be helpful to them but then i'm afraid to like 
acknowledge that I'm talking about their race or about their um, income, because then am I stereotyping them? And then is that, you know, like the the social media generation means too that we, I got a new friend. Yeah, she's a little stinky too. So I'm no, sorry, she okay. needs a bath. I love doggies. It's okay. Um, you're, you're not allowed to make a mistake. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like someone screws up and I'm not saying that there shouldn't be consequences for screwing up, but if you make a mistake and you realize that it was a mistake and you're growing from it and you're, we're all ignorant to things constantly and we need to be enlightened. Every mm-hmm. single person, no one out there knows everything about everything. It's impossible to. Right. And so we, we're all ignorant to something and then we say something or do something and then someone clarifies like, okay, well, wait a second. That's not completely accurate. Here's the reality of that. And you go, oh, I never knew that. Okay. Well, that changes my mindset about it. But in the generation we live in, you can't even have a conversation because if you ask a question, you're like the scapegoat for mm. all of the movements that are happening. And they're great in so many ways, but there's no there's no chance for anybody to be imperfect. Right. You know what I mean? And there's definitely no chance for when your imperfections are brought to light. There's no opportunity for redemption. Yeah. If you say you're sorry, you're just doing it to make people happy. If you don't apologize, then you don't think you've done anything wrong. Like you're damned if you do and you're damned if you don't. Yep. And, you know, obviously we're not like doing things, hopefully, that are going to get us national attention for the mistakes that we make. But it's not like a good quality to teach generations of people that if you say the wrong thing or do the wrong thing, you're instantly like outcast. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Because then how can we grow and become better people if we don't make mistakes? Right. Cause that's the only way you can grow is if yeah. you screw up, we need a middle ground of like, yeah, I did this happen, but I'm learning from it. I'm growing from it. I was young. I was dumb. I was whatever. And like giving people the grace to like be human. And I think it's something everybody knows. Everybody knows that when you look at who you were, when you were, 20 mm-hmm. you sucked kind of yeah you were the best version that hopefully you were the best version of yourself that had existed up to that point right but now 10 years later you look back on that person you're like that person was a dummy yeah everybody is experiencing that well and like thank god we didn't have i mean we had social media and oh, man, but yeah. like just I think about some of the things that I did when I was in middle school and like, thank God my space is deleted mm-hmm. because there's no evidence of my stupidity yeah. because I wasn't like a bad kid, you know, like I think I did typical things that most teenagers do. Um, but a lot of people probably would have described you as a great kid. Yeah. And so it's just like those private memories are like that we get to laugh about later, but I don't have to worry about like my, my boss finding them and not mm-hmm. hiring me for a position or whatever. And and you can't bounce back from it. No. At least not yet. That's the only way really humanity can be successful, in my opinion, is if we give people a little bit of compassion because they're human beings. We're not robots, but we're treated like robots constantly. Like, get in, do your job, go home, cook dinner, do, you know, like there's all these expectations and things as if we don't have moments of sadness or moments of heartache or moments of whatever and so there's no like compassion being given to most people and forgiveness being given to most people so maybe the hope would be that we get to like a middle ground there's just so much everything's so um black and white about everything there's not a whole lot of gray area and humans live in the gray area you know what i mean but we're all like you have to be this or you have to be this um 
So I'm, I'm more the middle ground, like you're a human being. What do you need in this moment? Let's get you where you where you need to be. And if you've done me wrong and we have a dialogue and I, you're forgiven, just just like that. All right, guys, that's it for part one of our conversation with Michelle. It really was a blast to get to catch up with her. I know you're all jealous, but don't worry. Just a couple more days until part two comes out. Until then, jump over to the Facebook page, say something nice about Michelle, share her podcast with your friends. Make sure nobody has to miss out on catching up with Michelle. As always, if you're listening on Apple Podcasts or iTunes, please leave a review and rate the show. And if you really appreciate what you're hearing, you can head over to the Patreon page, patreon.com forward slash Mitch Makes Podcasts, and you can become a patron there and support the show. I hope the start of your all's week is awesome. I'll see you all on Wednesday. Bye.